Welcome back to another wonderful podcast episode, Advising One-on-One. Here we are. Title for today is What About Me? Returning and Transfer Students. Today, we're going to talk about returning students and how to motivate them to persist. And when we're talking about returning students, uh, we're looking at like adult learners or any student who may have been suspended or had other uh, challenges and that are considered returning students. We're also... Uh, be able to identify their needs and, and let them know that they matter. The podcast today, the episode, will also take a look at the challenges facing our transfer students, how to make them feel welcome. Although they're not a new student, um, but new to the campus, how to make them feel a part of the campus community and engage to persist. So today I have with us, as always, the wonderful, excellent Mr. Alexander Scott, and my name is James Cabinets. So. Now that we have a little taste of the appetizer of what we're going to talk about, let's dig right into the main meal. So, Mr. Scott, you from a professor's perspective, how do you work with returning students? With returning students, I always do the survey in my class to find out how long they have been out of college. And I try to meet where they are. And one of the things is that I try to ease the anxiety that they might have, which they come with it. And the more years they've been out of college, the more anxiety they have. So I try to lower that one from the, very, from the get-go. One of the things that I do is that I make everyone to feel comfortable in the class. And, no you're, matter a professor, how- and you're a professor in community college, right? Just so if anybody's listening to this podcast for the first time, you're a community college professor, correct? That's correct. That's correct. I taught in a uh, in a four year college in a forty year institution too, but currently uh, what I'm doing is in a community college, and there you have more challenge challenges that you might have in older in the four year college because when people go to a four year college, normally they stay in dorms or they move from uh, one uh, town to another. But these students, when they go to a community college, normally a, a big percentage of them, they live in the community. So they, there's no dorms for them. And therefore, they will continue living their normal life and going to college to, to get their education. So what do you do in your classroom to support, you know, um, adult learners in, in particular? Well, that's a great question because one of the things that I do is that I try in the community college settings we have different ages and when you have different ages normally they the older they feel intimidated by the younger because of the technology things that they believe that they are more advanced um in some ways they are technology native but uh one thing that i do is i try to make them all to know each other they get to know each other they uh, I get them to talk to each other. And in a way, like for example, I ask them to introduce to each other, but that person won't introduce themselves. They, intru- they will introduce the person that they met. So in that way, they know something about the other person because it's easier to introduce yourself. But to remember what the other person told you, that's another challenge. So from the very first moment, try to make them feel comfortable with each other talk about each other's experience. And I asked them the question, uh, tell, uh, for example, I said, tell that person's name, where they're from, and something interesting about them. 
so on that we'll talk about. And sometimes he makes it, many times he makes it very fun. But well, good, like because, you know, the, the topic is very important because I know um, there has been an increase since uh, 2013, 2016, up until now, an increase of adult learners going back to school. And so I definitely hear you when you're talking about in the classroom. I know for me, as far as advising adult learners or returning uh, students, one of the things I share with for me is just simply letting them know that, hey, my me too. I've been in that same situation. I'm currently in this situation as a returning student, adult learner. I'm earning, my, I'm working on my doctorate as we speak. So I definitely understand the challenges of, you know, raising a family, working, and then trying to finish homework and trying to go to class and making sure you don't fall asleep in the professor's class and, of course, getting on their bad side. But, you know, I try to make sure I'm very relatable. But now, as a professor, do you find, because I know I've seen, I've heard from different professors' perspectives, so I'm not going to tank this question, but do you find that adult learners are more engaged in their coursework than traditional students? Oh, well, that's a very tricky question. And one <laughs> of the things that I have, I have students from different backgrounds. I have homeschooler, I have recent uh, students coming out from, from high school, and I have those adult learner, and it varies from their background. But one thing that I tell you is that I found those adults more goal-oriented because they feel that they don't have time to waste. So uh, when you're young, uh, you know, you feel that time is limitless. You don't feel that eagerness to finish things on time or doing like that. But it doesn't mean that many young people, they might feel like, hey, I, I didn't come here to waste my time too. Um, if I could say something or guess something, I will tell you that the majority of adult learners, they are very goal-oriented. Uh, they, they come to college to do what they're supposed to do or what they want, uh, what they were aiming to do, and they do it right. And that's one thing that keep us, when you are in the community college settings, it keeps us on our toes. You see, it makes them feel like we have to be committed to bring quality to education to those people because they know about life. Young generation, they don't know many things that those adults already know. So they know what is applicable in real life and what is not. And they are more pragmatic on the way that they see education. Cool. I know um, also when advising adult learners, because uh, I know roughly when you look at it, the big bulk of uh, adult learners is roughly around the age of 21, 24, um, based on, I know, a report on uh, educationdata.com. Uh, um, you know, sometimes they feel out of place because, you know, they're working or they see a student on their cell phone or a student sitting in the back and, or a student talking while the professor's talking. I know I experienced this at um, Norfolk State University that sometimes some of the uh, adult learners just felt like, you know, they took it more seriously than the younger individuals. And, you know, as you mentioned, they learned from the first time around. They went to school, they, for whatever reason, it didn't work out. And, you know, now that they're back and, you know, it's like more on the line because they're trying to advance professionally. And so it's just a different maturity, a different mindset. And so one of the challenges I would say is sometimes with some adult learners I've learned over the years is that they have a hard time or sometimes it becomes a little bit more challenging for them to retain information. And sometimes they really love that hands-on experience. And so as a professor, when you're developing assignments, 
you know, do you develop assignments um, that are very diverse and provide hands-on experience? Because again, a lot of a lot of adult learners love the hands-on experience, love taking and pulling the knowledge that they have from the workplace, their professional experience, and in, incorporating into the assignments. So how do you how do you make sure you you incorporate you know their strengths while making sure that the class is manageable and in, interesting for everyone else? Well, for it all depends. For example, as I teach uh, different subjects, I will tell you that for example, when I'm teaching uh, marketing, many of them work as sales representative, and they want to bring that experience to the classroom, and I just use that. And I explained to the students, hey, this is what the book says. Let me see what, for example, James said in real life. Uh, he works in a dealership, so he's been working for, uh, for a long time. How do you do it? How do you talk to a customers with this characteristics or with this situation? And I use those experiences and incorporate it into the class. I don't, I don't disregard it because one thing is what we see in theory and one thing is what we see in real life. And the context that you are, the environment too, explains a lot. I make a combination of both things. You see, I try not to disregard that, and I give them importance to that experience. Even the young students, sometimes young students, they have been working in, uh, in sales, uh, as a sales representative, and they have plenty of experience and anecdotes that they can bring to the class and we can discuss based on those things. And it makes it more interesting, more motivated for them. Now, I was gonna, sorry to interrupt you, but I was gonna ask you, you know, like you said, more innovating, uh, more interactive and using their experience. But how do you work with, uh, especially adult learners, you know, they're working during the day, they may be taking a class in the afternoon, you know, and they need assistance. You know, how do you, how do you make sure you're, you're available to adult learners who don't necessarily fit the traditional office hours of professors? Oh, wow, that's a great question. Well, now as we have Zoom, so <laughs> we are available at any time. And I try to make sure that I keep up a very constant communications with them. And for example, as a rule of thumb that I have in my class is that I reply emails. You might call, you might call me crazy, but I, but I try to reply to my adult learner, to all of my students within 12 hours. So they Wow, that's me, crazy. Yes, I, I, they, I aim for 24 hours, but 12 uh, hours, yes. you're insane, man. Uh, no, the problem is that you're a student, right? And you're in your college degree. You're pursuing your college degree. When yes. you ask a question and you're stuck as an adult, you have your daughter, you have your family, right? Yeah. And you want answer from, from your professors because you're stuck and that's the only hour you have to work on any assignment. And See, you're crazy. See, I understand. Maybe it's because I've been in the profession a while. I understand that, you know, the professor has things going on. So, you know, I, I give yeah. a little leeway. So yeah, that's, but that's really I, good, though. For, for adult learners, you make sure, and, and, you know, your general students, you make sure you respond to them within 12 hours. That's good. That, that means that you care and you always say, so, do you follow that practice on the weekend too? Or that just oh, no. Friday? <laughs> That's a good question. No. My, my, uh, Saturday and Sundays, no. I say, <laughs> I might reply to you within 24. I say, ex ex clearly, except weekend, because I need to recharge myself too. 
You see, but, uh, but I understand, uh, you know, you are an online student. I've been an online student and I know, man, there's many times I'm stuck in assignments that only a little explanation from the professor would ease my whole day. So sometimes I just need that little uh, clarification or something and it would make me uh, my day. It would make my day. So I just try to feel like my students feel, you see, so. That's good. I'm with, and with those adult learners, one of the biggest problems and issues that they have is that sometimes uh, technology get into their ways, right. you see, so. Well, I definitely say- anxiety, that would be great. But I definitely say from an advising standpoint, you know, one of the things I would say, at least one of the challenges I find is trying to make sure that we can provide classes for students, uh, especially with adult learners or returning students, uh, at times that is appropriate for them to take you know, trying to be flexible with their work schedule. Um, and a lot of times it ends up being night classes, three hours. And so a lot of times I've learned with adult learners, they may only take, you know, six classes a semester. Um, another thing I learned with adult learners is just being there for them and supporting their onboard. Um, from an advisor perspective, I'll definitely say trying to make them feel comfortable. And as you mentioned, responding to them, um, you know, helping them, asking them to bring in all their syllabi at the beginning of the semester, walking them through those classes. What does it mean? And, and encouraging them to have conversations with you, uh, such as the professor. Um, I know a lot of times for some students, uh, especially adult learners, uh, if they get a C minus or a D on a test the first time, you know, sometimes those old fears and anxiety tends to bubble up to the top saying, I can't do it, the concept's hard. You know, it's been a, such a long time since I've been out of school. And so from an advisor perspective, we really try to steer them back to you all as the professor, as well as going to the writing center or going to the, um, the tutoring center um, to get some extra support. Uh, we, we really try to make sure that we check in on them frequently. I try to make sure at least during the first three weeks to try to check on them at least twice a week. Just a simple, hey, how you doing? How's it going? Nothing too deep, but let them know that they're supported. Well, one question that I have for you as an advisor, because you, as you are dealing with returning students, they have experience and they feel sometimes that they can be older than you. So, <laughs> uh, well, in your case, no, because you're old enough. But anyway, let's suppose that sometimes they're older than you and they know what is the responsibility. They know what they can take on. And sometimes they might ask you or they might try to take six classes but they work from eight to five. And the only time that they have for schooling, it might be from uh, while going to school from six to eight to nine. And they have families too. So when do, when do you think that they can have time to, take, uh, to study for those classes? And You're sometimes it's tough right. classes. You're absolutely so how, right. do, how do you advise them in that situations? Because one of the complaints that we have is that Many advisors, you advisors, you tell the students to take, to take more classes that they can handle. So I think that sometimes you guys have to filter that and make it a, well, uh, we do. Make students understand. And, and professors make it easy because you all like to teach between, <laughs> like, between 10 and two. So because you all like to teach between 10 and two and y'all don't like night classes, there's not many <laughs> options available. <laughs> no, <laughs> but no uh all, all, all seriousness um you're right you're right having that tough conversation uh with the yeah. uh, adult learner uh really focusing on 
just helping them adjust slowly. Let's ease into this return. You know, let's look at the classes that are available because in many times, in many cases, what they're wanting, especially if they want 12 uh, credits or even 18 credits, you know, that's roughly about, you know, anywhere between four to uh, six classes. And it's going to really be hard to find those classes available for them. And so they start seeing that. Um, and I think a lot of times, you know, when they see that the classes may not necessarily be available, but encouraging them to take advantage of summer school where they can make up for those classes that they didn't take during the spring semester or the fall semester, or even in, uh, take a winter term, but really getting them to take advantage of the summer uh, sessions, since many colleges have uh, one or two summer sessions, to take advantage of it and get themselves caught up. That way they don't feel like they're falling behind. Um, so it, it's really interesting. And you, know, you brought up some very good points. But I want to kind of pivot. You know, what about transfer students? You Because know, again, you, you're at a community college, and I'm at a four-year institution currently. So how do you, is there anything that a community college can really do to help prepare them to be new, but yet be experienced at a four-year institution with you currently working at a community college from a professor standpoint? One of the things that I try to make them understand is to pick the classes that they need at our institution so that it becomes easier for them to take the classes that they uh, will try to complete for the 40 year degree. So um, I try to advise them to get familiar with everything. And different from those students that go straight up from high school to college, community college students, they know how to navigate uh, at the four year institution. At least that's my experience. You and what I've heard from uh, many transfer students is, is that community college is way easier than four-year institutions. Uh, uh, well, that's not exactly those students that tells you that is because what they understand that is easier is because they have more help. As they have more help, more information, so it becomes easier. It's just like you, you know how to drive, but the first time that you start driving, it was scary, right? So now, no. uh, uh, yeah, you were shaking like a leaf. I know that. You were, <laughs> You were crying. So, but now that you know how to drive, for you becomes so easy, drive any car. So many of the students that go from a community college to a four-year college as a transfer student, they know how to navigate the, the school system. And they have, by statistics, become more uh, successful than those that started from uh, first year to fourth year. And you can tell me if that's not yeah, exactly. No, you're right. Um, you know, one of the things I try to do, especially with, you know, with uh, community college students who are transferring to a four-year institution, I try to, you know, build a relationship with them early, figure out what community college they're coming from, especially if I'm in the area or if they're in the area. Uh, because, you know, we get many students from Virginia Western, for, for example. And so I ask them, do they, I, I, you know, throw out a few names that I may know and ask them, are they familiar with them? And they'll either say yes or no. And so we have conversations about the area to get them feel comfortable. Uh, what I also try to do is since, you know, I, I will say I benefit from being a part of a fraternity um, and my fraternity is on campus. I try to integrate them with some of the individuals who I have a personal connection with. I also try to go take, I actually walk them to different areas, such as like our Center for Diversity and Inclusion, uh, our student um, life and our rec and wellness center so they can get to meet other uh, campus uh, partners. And so those campus partners, they have special groups and special organizations and get them involved there so they can meet other people and get to know other people and feel comfortable on campus. 
So I really enjoy it. Let me, let me ask you a question, because I just don't want to forget this one. There should be a difference between younger student and adult students going to a four-year institution. You might advise them differently, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, what would be the difference that you can, uh, that you have found when you are advising those two type of students? Well, I would say when looking at a transfer student, the biggest question is, can I graduate in two years? Because uh, who that was the that whole question? purpose. But who has that question? Transfer uh, students. Uh, transfer students. It doesn't matter if they are young or adult. No matter if they're young or not. If they went to a, a community <laughs> college, they want to know, hey, look, I spent two years at a community college. I'm coming here. I want to graduate in two years. Can I do it? Or did oh I waste my, my time taking a whole bunch of classes that ain't transferring over? And so, you know, going, <laughs> I would say the challenging part is looking at the transcripts and making sure and seeing what qualifies for what. But what really makes it easy, especially, I don't know about our other listeners, but in uh, the Commonwealth of Virginia, as long as they receive an associate's degree, uh, they automatically uh, are exempt from the uh, general education courses at my institution. And so that's a really nice feature where they can just focus on the major courses. So I, I really like that. But, you know, it's those type of partnerships that four-year institutions and uh, two-year institutions have to create to help our students transition, especially transfer students, transitioning from a, a uh, community college to a four-year institution. And, you know, one of the things I see as far as a challenge or, or not even challenge, but sometimes some, some risk factors is uh, community college students now living on campus. You know, in a community college, they don't yes. live on campus and they don't yes. have a roommate. They go home and they get to lay in their comfortable bed. They know where everything is. And now all of a sudden they got to share with some stranger. And so helping students navigate through the joys <laughs> or the horror stories of roommates who want to bring a thousand friends over or, or leave the light on until three o'clock in the morning. So helping them navigate that, that is, that, that is frustrating for a lot of transfer students. Oh, that, that's one thing that I was wondering while you were talking, how do you advise them in order to get used to that new environment? Because it's just like you say, I never thought about it. That's why I love to talk to an advisor because I'm a 40 year college advisor like you. How, how do you advise them to, get to get used to this new environment? Well, you know, I just break it down to them from a professional standpoint that, you know, you're going to be working with people who you may not necessarily get along with. So this is a great opportunity to try out different styles, um, you know, and just see what works, but also take advantage of the fact that you have an RA who's your advocate. And, you know, there's steps to the process. If you don't feel like you're being heard after, you know, talking to your roommate, talking to the RA, speak with the residential director and they're there for you. And so they can help you. And so, and also being willing to send the email or be a part of the conversation uh, when they meet with the residential director, because a lot of times it can be intimidating, especially for a first generation college, college student who's never ever had to talk to somebody about what's going on with a, with a roommate. So having those conversations, working with them and making them feel supported uh, really has helped me. As a matter of fact, in many cases, I have students staying in my office for an hour, two hours, because they just feel so comfortable. Wow, that, that, that means a lot. That, that means that you, whatever you're doing, you are doing it the right way. Well, and, I appreciate it. <laughs> but I, I will say, I think there's more, though, that we can do as four-year institutions and two-year institutions to really help support our transfer students. You know, I think if we, especially institutions who are close by, uh, for example, Virginia Western Community College and Rafferty University, 
Um, you know, those are the two area institutions that are really near to each other. And it would be great if we could really uh, find out those students who plan on transferring to Radford and inviting them to like a basketball game, uh, you know, to come out to a basketball game, oh. supporting them, having, having maybe like a, a professor luncheon where, you know, you all uh, bring the students down or either, you know, our professors come up and we just have a luncheon and a meet and greet where, they, where the, the students can meet the professors early in advance. So when they come on campus, they already know uh, some professors within their major. And so they're building that relationship early. Uh, I think, you know, also what could possibly help is um, having maybe student ambassadors, especially once a student from a uh, community college uh, applies to a four-year institution, that we hook them up and link them up with someone at the, uh, at the four-year institution in admissions to just simply send them out text messages, emails. How's it going? You know, how's everything at Virginia Western? Oh my goodness, we're doing this today. And so therefore, that transfer student already has a connection and a ties to the college. It helps with admissions, it helps with retention rates, I think. But, but you're talking about while the students are still at the community college? While the students are still you, at the community college. You start, uh, and they just showed that intention to go to your college. Wow, but that's neat. That, that's very, I, uh, I, are they implementing that at your institution? Currently not. Um, currently oh, not man, but that's a great idea. No. <laughs> that's a great idea. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I think it would be a great idea. I think, again, it helps with, uh, you know, the pipeline from community college to a four-year institution. It helps with uh, just retainment um, of, you know, two-year students who feel comfortable and feel at ease because they know someone. And it's, it, at the end of the day, it's all about relationships. Yes, yes. I, I, I'm just thinking on the way that you're saying it. And I just see myself, if I get that communication so early in my stage to transfer to another institution, uh, once I get there, I feel like already know that institution. Right. And, and knowing that I have someone that can will be supportive of me once I get there. Oh, that's, that's a fantastic idea. And I, I will tell you, I, I, I actually did have this conversation with um, an associate vice provost about actually working with Virginia Western Community College. Um, anytime that, you know, for your institution, we do a lot of research. Our professors, faculty, they do a lot of research. I think it's important to reach out to Virginia Western Community College and other community colleges and talk about, hey, you know, we're doing a research in, you know, farming. And we know you have a farming program. How about you, some of your students who are interested in coming to Bradford be a part of our research team? And y'all meet on the weekends or meet, you know, during the weekday. and get the community college students to get involved in the research that that institution is doing. And that, again, is another way to help students feel a part of the uh, new institution they're about to transfer to. Oh, that, that's, I find that fantastic. That would be something that if I entered into a new institution, I would love to have it. Uh, because it, it, once you feel familiar with the place that you're going, it makes you feel more comfortable and your anxiety lowers a lot. Oh, yeah. And yeah, you will get onto, well, you can, you can count on me if you want to make that kind of connections at the community college. But That's I awesome. guarantee that I will be from a classroom. I can tell you more <laughs> from there. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so I just think there's really opportunities for, again, there's to be more engagement going uh, both ways, backwards and forwards. And so, you know, I just think that it just takes being creative uh, and understanding the uh, student's perspective. And one way to really understand a student's perspective is also just having focus groups and 
and forums and just listening to students, what listening to them and asking them what are the challenges, what are the things that they wish they had, you know, how can we best support them? And so sometimes we don't have to be so creative and think outside the box. It's just simply listening to students. Students just want to be heard and know that, you know, if they tell you these things, they see some action. So I think that also helps too, because they'll tell their friends, hey, this student, this institution really cares about you. Like we had a form and I told them about this and they went and did this. Oh my goodness, it was really great. So that also helps spread the word too. But what man, about if you guys don't do it? So the students would say, we express our opinion, but they haven't done anything. But then you also, that's the opportunity and the time to share with them why, you know, some things may not have necessarily, oh. uh, you know, unfolded the way they would have liked. But Again, you know, this is a great conversation. I definitely, we could spend hours on this all day, but unfortunately, oh, yes. you know, we are at the time. And I must <laughs> say, I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation with you, Professor Scott. I enjoyed it too. I, I loved it. And uh, it feels like I would like to extend this conversation like for two more hours. Because <laughs> there's a lot of questions now that I have. But you know you. what? It's conversations like these between four-year institutions and two-year institutions that we're having that would help other institutions and community colleges definitely build those bridges so oh yes yes but hey this is just the start this is the beginning hopefully our listeners they you know will take what we shared and, and definitely uh take it and put it into use okay yes i wish they do that <laughs> well that's all the time we have for today thank you all for joining us uh for another another wonderful episode of advising podcast 101 uh, we look forward to listening to you have feedback through our social medias and all of our outlets. So check us out, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and have a great, wonderful, successful semester.